Matthew Leckie puts Australia into the quarterfinals. That is a magnificent goal by Owamabil. Oh, Matty Ryan, wow! Camping it out of the top corner like Superman. Hello and welcome to another Socceroos podcast, where we go one-on-one with your favourite players to keep you connected with the Socceroos. My name is Michael Putterflam. On the latest episode, we chat with Socceroo cap number 601, Jimmy Jago. After almost five years playing in Austria's top flight, the Socceroos midfielder decided to take up a new challenge in joining Greek Super League side Aris FC. So far, the move has paid off in a big way, with Jimmy leading his side into the playoff rounds this season, where Aris will vie for a place in UEFA Champions League qualification rounds. Jimmy talks through his experiences in Greece so far, his future goals for his club and international career, and pays tribute to good Socceroos mate Ryan Grant ahead of his 200th A-League game. Also, in light of Grant's World's Greatest Shade campaign and W League player Rebecca Stott's cancer diagnosis, Jimmy shares his experiences of going through cancer as a teenager and how he overcame the incredible challenges to have a happy life and football career. So, without further ado, here's the full chat with Jimmy. Jimmy, thanks for having a chat today. Firstly, let us know where you are in the world and, and how's everything going with you. Yeah, no, everything's everything's good in Greece. Um, obviously, still still in lockdown here, um, but no, things are going well. We've had quite an intense sort of period in the season. Um, we've got one more game until we go into the playoffs where they where they split the league. Um, but no, going well, enjoying it over here, and and yeah. So as you said, you're about to go into the playoffs, and seem to have had you know an, an awesome season. Um both personally and also like the whole team in general. Um, yeah, how, how have you enjoyed your, your first season of football in Greece? No, I've, I've, I've really enjoyed it. Obviously, with it going well for the team and, and me playing a lot um, obviously makes it, makes it much more enjoyable, but I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed the league. I've enjoyed being part of a different team. I've really enjoyed playing in the team that we've got and sort of the way we play. Um, so, so, yeah, it's been so far so good. But, you know, there's a, a big period of the season to come with this sort of playoff. And, you know, we're having by the club's expectations a really, a really good season. And we want to make sure that we finish that off. And, and personally, I want to make sure that I finish, finish the season off well. And, and, yeah, we had a bit of a sort of tough week this week with, uh, with three games and a, and a couple of big games. But that's, that's the enjoyable thing here is there's a lot of big traditional teams and, you know, a lot of games where there's a lot of sort of scrutiny, a lot of pressure. And, and yeah, I've, I've, I've really enjoyed that. As you said, the playoff rounds, able to talk us through a little bit through how that works, because understand if you, if you finish on top, you go straight into the qualifying phase for the Champions League. Is that right? Yeah. So they've sort of, obviously with this new conference league that's meant to come in, they've sort of tweaked um, all the European spots. So, as I understand, I think first is goes into Champions League qualifiers, and second, third, and fourth go into this new this new Conference League. I don't think Greece have a have a European have a Europa League spot this year, um, which is probably one of the things in Greece. In Austria, I was lucky in terms of a lot of a lot of teams. There's a really good chance to get directly into, for example, the Europa League group stage. So here is going to be quite a 
quite a fight for those for those European spots. So after next week, we the top the breaks into the top six and the bottom eight. Um, and the top six, you basically points stay the same, and you play everyone home and away. And I think there's about six or seven points separating sixth to second at the moment. So it's going to be it's going to be a really really interesting period with a lot of big games um, where obviously everyone's going to be taking taking points off each other. Yeah, and how excited are you for the prospect of you know, obviously possibly finishing on top of that group and then um, you know, having the chance to maybe play in the Champions League. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think you know, for this, uh, probably the most disappointing part we had this season was when we got knocked out really early in the in the Europa League qualifiers. And I think we've got a, a team capable of doing doing well in in Europe. Um, so it's a it's a massive it's a massive aim for the club, a massive goal for the club. And obviously, for a player playing in Europe, you always want to play in those competitions they're sort of the pinnacle of, of of club football so you know it's up to us to make sure that we we finish the season off well and and that we put ourselves in a position to to play european football next year you mentioned before that i'm currently in lockdown but um i guess earlier in the season in terms of, in terms of the crowd atmosphere that, you, that you've been able to experience in greece um you know what what's that been like and um because i understand it's can get can get quite um quite feisty and exciting sometimes. So yeah, what was what was that experience like? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, we've not been able to have any games with with fans in. But you just the 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 passion that the fans have for their teams over here is absolutely is absolutely crazy. And even even without fans in the stadium, you feel that whether it's through social media, whether it's through meeting people. When you're when you're at the supermarket, or even you know we turn up for games and there's there's fans left, right, and center watching us get off the bus or following the bus. Um, so it's it's really good as a player. I think that's something you always wanted. I've always sort of said that those those games where there's so much pressure and and scrutiny, the games that you really want to play in, and and in Greece you have sort of the four teams in Athens and the two the two teams here in Saloniki that are have a massive following and, and really passionate fan bases and you see how much these games mean to people and we have we have a lot of foreigners in our team but we also have a few greek boys that are always there to sort of remind you just how much these games mean and, and even the people that work work at the club have been here for 15 20 years and are so passionate about everything and that's that's something i really enjoy i really enjoy playing for teams where you know, it means something to people and, and there's that pressure surrounding how you do and the games and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's been a massive shame that we haven't been able to have fans in, especially sort of with the way this season's gone and with some of the games we've had and, and with the derbies and stuff like that. But it's, it's one of those things. Um, but hopefully sooner rather than later, hopefully the start of next season, fans will be, be allowed in and I'll get to sort of experience it firsthand. And I guess from a, another personal point of view, um, in terms of the move so far, do you feel like it's been able to give you everything that you were hoping to get or to um, improve on, I guess, in terms of your own your own football career, basically? Yeah, 100%. Um, I think, you know, I've been in Austria for sort of five years. Um, 
and I, I enjoyed it there. I enjoyed the league and, you know, that's probably where I made coming from Australia, going to Austria is probably where I made my sort of biggest jump as a player in terms of my improvement and, and stuff like that. But I just felt like I'd sort of got to the point where I needed a bit of a change and, and, uh, needed to sort of challenge myself in a, in a different way. And, and Greece was a, was a sort of a little bit of a, of a left field move and something I didn't know too much about going in, but I've, I've, I've really enjoyed it. I think it's a, it's a completely different league in terms of the way the football's played in terms of the type of players you're coming up against. Um, and even, you know, it's a lot more ruthless in terms of more players in the squad. We have a lot, a lot of competition for spots, which is something that I didn't probably have as much in Austria. Um, and also playing with a, with a lot of experienced players in, in Austria, you know, there's a lot more young players that they bring through and they're trying to sell. Whereas here, maybe in 28, 29, most weeks, I'm one of the younger boys in the, in the team, um, which is also, also been something a, a, li- a little bit different. And I've, I've enjoyed the role in the team and sort of dealing with, with the, the different things that have come along, whether it be, you know, having a little spell at the team when I got injured or having those games where there's a lot of pressure. And, and yeah, I've, I've, I've really enjoyed it so far. And I think it's, it's helped me as a, as a footballer. And has there, been, has there been a game or two that have really stood out so far? Um, I think, I think we've, you know, there's been a lot of big games this season where, we we've gone up against teams where we probably weren't fancied against. Obviously, the Olympiacos, Ike, um, those sort of teams are, have a bit more money than us, are a bit bigger in stature, and I think we've we've had performances where we've we've gone to places in Athens and and done really really well, and and me personally have have had a decent game and. And, you know, those sort of big games where, as, as I said a couple of times, there's a lot of pressure on and you feel like it's a real, you know what I mean? Like it's a, it's a proper big game. And those are, those are the games that I've really, really enjoyed. And they're the games we sort of got to look forward to in, in, the, in the playoff. Um, and, yeah, I've, I've, I've really enjoyed. Obviously, we had, a, we had a good result in Athens a couple of weeks ago where to sort of defend that second spot, we went to, we went to Athens and, putting a really good performance on one, two nil. Um, and we've had a couple of games played Olympiacos three times in the last sort of month um, and more than held our own every time and, and put in, and put in really good performances and got a couple of results. So, so yeah, they're the games that, that you know, everyone sort of spoke about when I've come to Greece and, and they've been, they've been really good. Sounds like an unbelievable experience. I guess from on your progression from the A League to Europe, you know you've also had your know, soccer opportunities come about, and um, wanted to ask you about one of your good mates, Ryan Grant, who's about to play his 200th A League game. Um, you spent a bit of time together in Socceroos camp and formed a close bond there. But are you able to um, maybe kind of reflect on that achievement that um, Ryan's about to bring up in the A League, and maybe provide a little bit of an insight into his mentality around you know how he's been able to stay so consistent um, in the Australian league for so long? Yeah, look, I think, I mean, I remember watching, I remember the first time I watched Ryan play was, I think I was in about 14, 15, and we were, I was at the Victorian Institute of 
sport at the time and he was at the AIS and they were playing in the Victorian in the Victorian Premier League. Um, and I remember watching him play there and he was playing as a number six and he had sort of the long hair and looked like a surfer boy and all that. And I remember thinking, oh, he was a, he was a, a really good player. And then you sort of watch what he's done year in, year out. And, you know, Ryan, as much as anyone has had his injuries and had his sort of setbacks as well. Um, but he, he's, like you said, he's always been so consistent. And what's been so impressive is, not just the amount of games he's played, but also, you know, in a very good Sydney team, he's always been one of the key, the key sort of players and scoring grand finals and and that type of thing. And then obviously knowing him through the, meeting him through the, through the Socceroos and, you know, you see he's, he's such a laid, a laid back, friendly, friendly guy, but there's a sort of steely determination under him, you know, under that where, you know, he's when when he plays, he's brave. He wants the ball. He he wants to make things happen. And I think you know, watching him in the Asian Cup, where he sort of got thrown in after the second game, which was a, a big deal for for him. And and obviously, you know, it's a it's a it's a pressure situation. And watching him deal with that as if it was as if it was nothing was was really impressive. And slotting to the team and putting really good performances. And I think you know that's the thing about Ryan. He never lets anything get him too high and he never lets anything get him too low he's constantly he's constantly you know in a in a good mood at a good level he takes things as he comes as, as it comes and I think that's why he's been able to be so successful and so consistent and also you know deal with those setbacks and and not let them let them get to him and on top of all that he's been doing some excellent work off the field he's obviously up until a few weeks ago had a, a very famous um haircut a mullet that was widely shared and loved by loved or hated by a lot of Australian football fans um, I guess he recently cut his hair and raised tens of thousands of dollars for world's greatest shave and leukemia foundation um, and I guess as well off the back of that in the past week um, we've seen one of the Melbourne City W League players um, a New Zealand representative Rebecca Stodd who's been diagnosed with stage three Hodgkin's lymphoma um, and she's also she's going to be doing world's greatest shave so this is probably probably something quite close to your heart having gone through your own battle with cancer in your teenage years so I just wanted to ask you um, in terms of you know Ryan and Rebecca putting themselves out there and wanting to raise money um, for this cause what do you make of that and I guess able to kind of provide any insights into your journey and how you were able to yeah come out stronger the other side yeah, look, first of all, I think, you know, what both Ryan and and Rebecca have done is 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 brilliant. Um, you know, obviously, especially with with Buster with the mullet being so so famous and throughout throughout Australia, I think, you know, for him to to put himself out there and and, and do something like that speaks volumes um about the type of person he is and and how he never, you know, he doesn't just think about him himself. He's you know, thinking about the bigger picture and, and thinking about other people. And I think for us as, as footballers, um, you know, who do have that ability to, to maybe access more people, I think it's really important. These type of, of, of things are so good to, you know, raise awareness and to give people a hand and let people know that, you know, the people that are suffering from that, that they're not alone and that people are there to support them um, all, all the time. And, you know, obviously, as you said, it's something that's close to 
close to my heart, having uh, suffered leukemia when I was when I was a bit younger, and you know, it is a it is a really difficult a difficult time for for anybody at at any stage at any stage in your life. And I think the biggest the biggest thing that helps you get through that is is that support network. You know, I was really lucky. I had my brother, I had my parents, you know, who were constantly there. I had, I had my mates from school. I had old football coaches who would always come and check it, check up on me. And, and I had plenty of people to turn to if I ever had days where I needed a bit of a chat or I needed a, a little bit of a pick me up. And I think that's really important for people going through those, going through something like that, that they have people that they can fall back on and they have people they can speak to and, you know, it doesn't even have to be someone close, you know, even seeing something like what Ryan and Rebecca have done will will give other people the strength to sort of deal with 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 what they're going through. And that and that's and that's such an important, important thing um, when you're going through through something like that. Very special words, mate. Thank you for yeah, giving us a bit of an insight into your journey. Um, while we're kind of touching the younger years, I also wanted to Get your your thoughts on um some of your grassroots days. I want to take you back to some of the f- first couple of clubs you played for in Australia when you moved over from Austria. Um, Green Gully was one of them, correct? Yeah, yeah. Green Gully was was my my first club. My brother's actually just gone back to Australia and started playing for them in the uh, in the MPL. But yeah, absolutely, absolutely loved it. Obviously. Um, coming from from Austrian at that age me and my brother were both already absolutely football mad and I remember the first sort of thing my mum was like right we need to find you guys somewhere somewhere to play but I absolutely absolutely loved it there played with played with a lot of guys I ended up playing with a little bit later played with Jamie McLaren um, played with Theo Mark Ellis who was in the A-League for a few years um, but you know, not just myself, also my parents and my brother. We made a lot of friends through that, through the football club that we're still friends with with now. And I have vivid memories of sort of the where we used to play the games and, and the training ground. And yeah, absolutely, absolutely loved it. And you know, especially when you're moving moving countries um, as a kid, or even for my parents, you know, going into a little community. And Australia's got so many good little football clubs at that sort of grassroots level where you know there's so many friendly people and it just helps you settle in and and feel at home and yeah absolutely love love my time at, at gully so i'm interested to know how, how fond a spot that um that club has in your heart Since when i was speaking to trent sainsbury the other week and he was talking about armadale he was saying that you know you know he'd love to go back and, and play a season there one day is that you know when you when you're winding up your football career in in the very distant future, you reckon you'd love to get back to Green Gully or another another club around there and play some play some MPL football? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I had literally two three weeks ago, I was having the discussion with my brother because he was moving back to Australia and sort of talking about about where to go and and which club to to play for, and we sort of both said how good it would be to go back to Gully and sort of where you've got all those memories and experiences as a kid and, and go and experience now and go and experience that, that now. And uh, yeah, no, look, I, w- I would love it. I've always said I want to play as long as, as long as possible, um, no matter what, what level, um, you know, and I've always said that 
you know, being in in a, in a team and and everything that comes with it, and playing football in a team is is such a a special thing and something that I love that you know I want to keep that for for as long as possible, and that doesn't change. Doesn't matter what level you're playing at, you know, even even playing at the at the regional clubs in Australia, you still get all the all that sort of camaraderie and that banter and that sort of you know going into battle with a team. You still get that at that level, so that's something you know I'd I'd love to do, and hopefully they'll still have me when I'm a little bit older and and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, no, it's definitely it's definitely something that, that I would love to do. Before you get to that point, hopefully there's a lot more opportunities for you to turn out for the Socceroos. And I guess um, speaking of kind of that that camaraderie enjoyment through football, um, I wanted to ask you, out of the the games and camps you've been involved with the Socceroos so far, and in terms of the away travel trips that you've had, is there kind of particular one trip or camp um, to a you know to an interesting foreign country you never thought you'd go to that? Um, might have a good yarn or just kind of a, a good um good memory for yourself. Um, well, there's been there's been a there's been a few. I think especially the away games are always are always enjoyable because we do go to some some different countries. Um, I think the the one that sticks out in my mind is is the Honduras the playoff uh, for the World Cup. Obviously, with us. Being in Asia, you don't often get to experience sort of South American um, sort of culture and, and going to those countries, and that was that was something special. Obviously, you know, with it being quite a, a dangerous a dangerous country, there was a lot of things there that sort of went on that were a little bit different. Um, but even just seeing, you know, like we turned up to stadium, I think obviously normal, like two hours before the game. And it was walked down to the pitch and it was like a party. There was like 30,000 people singing and, and dancing. And obviously, you know, in a squad at that time, we had boys who had played in massive games all around the world. And even we were all looking at each other like, you know, wow, this is this is something different. And driving to the stadium, the streets were just lined with with people. And and it was just like a, a, a festival. And that was, that was something that sort of always... Uh, a game that I that I always remember, and I think the Asian Cup as well. Being in camp for such a long time together, um, you know, again, and obviously a competition that we're probably expected to to win, um, and just going through the team, going through with the team, the ups and downs of a tournament, you know, preparing for it, um, and 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 dealing with things as a team, and sort of supporting the boys when when they were playing or when things weren't going well or, you know, when we went through the penalty shootout, how, how happy everyone was, you know, those are the type of things that, especially with the, with the national team, with the bond that we have that are, are really special and, and moments that you sort of remember and, and are really enjoyable. Brilliant, right? Um, it's going to finish off with some quick fire questions. You can um, either give me one word, a few word answer, or if you feel like there's an explanation needed, then, um, Okay. Against that as well. I'll just I'll just kind of pick some at random. Um, first soccer is game you remember. Has to be the the Uruguay Uruguay playoff. It was just after I moved to Australia. Do you remember the first soccer is game you went to? Might have been that one. Nah, nah, I didn't. First soccer. 
might have been the uh, the Greece game against Greece uh, in Melbourne. Hundred thousand people at the MCG. Yeah, yeah. Volley. Have you got a? Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> favorite soccer of all time. Or you can give me a couple names if you want. Probably, probably Harry Harry Kuehl. At the at the time that I, at the time that uh, that I really sort of come to Australia and got and got really into Australian football, he was he was sort of the standout standout player. I'll give you an option. Who's the best player you've played with, or who's the best player you've played against? Oof. Um. Best player I've played with, um, probably a surprising name, but it's probably Archie Thompson. I think no, I'm dead serious. I think he, when you watch him, watch him in, he's probably the one who impressed me the most. When you watch him, you watch him in training. He was especially when I first started training with the with the first team at, at Victory. He was unbelievable, and and no one. No one could get near him. In in all seriousness, um, in Europe, I played with a couple of, of players. We've got a Spanish guy here that sort of played two two hundred games in La Liga. That's a joke with the ball. But I, I always remember, when, especially when I was younger, when people used to ask me, Archie, when I first started with the the first team at Victory, was was incredible. Best player I played against, probably Valbuena. Um, played against him when he was at Fenerbahce uh, in the Europa League, and played against him a couple of weeks ago in in Olympi- uh, against Olympiacos. And I think the next time I play against him, I'm just going to stay away from him. I think that's the best way to to deal with him. Fair enough. Um, who do you reckon the funniest soccer is? In terms of the person I laugh at the most would be Gers. Okay. I don't think he means to. Be, I don't think he means to be funny, but um, but otherwise, Boyley, Boyley's, Boyley's. I think a lot of people would say that Boyley's uh, got that crown, and I don't think anyone's taken off him. What's the thing you missed most about Australia? Um, just the obviously friends and family. Um, but just the lifestyle and the sort of way of life and how friendly everyone is and, and it just being home really, I think been in Europe so long, you know, there's those little things that you get in Australia that you don't get anywhere else in the world. And, and they're the things you really miss. Ryan Grant, mullet or no mullet? Oh, mullet, hundred percent. A big fan of the mullet. <laughs> What's the first thing you think of when you put on the Socceroos jersey? Just pride. What's the best phrase you've picked up while playing overseas? As in sort of football? Yeah, like lingo, maybe something that players say on the pitch or on the dressing room after winning a game or just a bit of banter. That's just kind of stuck with you. Probably because it's one at the moment is vamos. Obviously, a Spanish 
a Spanish term. We have a lot of Spanish players and obviously playing in Adelaide as well. I used to hear all the time. Um, I'll probably say it completely wrong, but vamos. Um, have you got a favourite Socceroos World Cup goal? Probably the Tim Cahill from outside the box against Japan. Is one one I loved, and obviously it would have been a big game and and the comeback. I remember watching that early in the morning and getting off my couch for that one. What's a couple of the best pieces of advice that you've received throughout your career? I think one which I, I spoke about earlier with Buster was to sort of never never get too high with the highs and, and never get too too low with the lows. Um, and I think sort of on that, sort of a lot along the same lines is just how quickly, how quickly football can change. When you're having bad times, it can change and go in the, in the right direction like that. And when things are going well, um, never take it for granted and never sort of take your foot off the gas because things can turn turn very quickly and you have to be every day you have to be there you have to be prepared you have to bring your best because you know things can change so quickly both positively and, and negatively go with one more nice easy one not really um oh god <laughs> what's your what's your dream for australian football if you could Look, 10, 20, 50 years into the future, what do you what do you hope for Australian football and I guess also, you know, the soccerers and national teams and grassroots? Um, look, I think obviously first first of all for the for the national team, um, it's for it to be, you know, in the top 20, 25 nations of the world. I think the the potential's there. Australian in in all the sports they compete in at the very sort of top in in the world and football should be football should be no different it's not going to happen overnight um, but I think I think the potential is there and I think for Australia from grassroots all the way through the A League to the to the to the national team Australia's got such a, a special and and strong sporting culture and there's so much potential with the amount of kids playing football, even even with the A-League, there's so many things that the A-League has that clubs in Europe would would die for. Um, and it's just about making sure that we keep, you know, we change the culture with sort of certain things. We make the right decisions um, in certain things. And I think that we keep sort of pushing the game forward and and making sure that the game's going in the right direction because there's no reason why the A-League can't become like the, in the direction that the MLS is going where it's a player, where it's a, it's a league where European players want to go to. And, you know, Australia with the lifestyle, with everything that comes with it, has that, has that potential. And, and yeah, like I think the, the main point is that, you know, like I said about the sporting culture of Australia and in rugby, cricket, all those sports, you know, Australia at the top, are one of the stronger nations in the world, and that has to be the aim. The aim for football. That's brilliant, mate. And hopefully, it's not too long before we get there. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. No, thank you, mate. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to the Socceroos podcast with guest Jimmy Jago. To learn more about Jimmy and other Socceroos, head to socceroos.com.au as well as the social channels for all the latest news and videos on the team. Tune in next time for the Socceroos podcast and let us know on social media if there's plays and questions you want answered. Until then, goodbye. Matthew Leckie puts Australia into the quarterfinals. That is a magnificent goal by Owamabil. Oh, Matty Ryan, wow! Camping it out of the top corner like Superman.